The Web's Michael Smith. It's episode 181 of Kane's Cast. And you know what? What's that? Here's a reminder for us to be gentlemen. We can be gentlemen and we can be scholars. Just like Jacob Slavin, who took home the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy as the league's most gentlemanly and sportsman player, who also uh, maintains a high standard of playing ability. Yes. You know, that's kind of a nebulous concept, but we'll get into that. But first, we must thank our friends at R&D Brewing for their many tasty beverages, but chief among them, Storm Brew, yes. which at only 97 calories and 2.4 carbs per serving, is the perfect brew for all occasions. Go on. And even Kane's home games, when home games uh, come back in October, 16-ounce can, just $5 here. You can pick it up anywhere around the triangle, your favorite grocer or bottle shop. Uh, and if you don't like a light lager, which, you know. Well, sure. Sure. Uh, you can also pick up a Riviera Mexican lager. Uh, they have some really good hard seltzers for the summertime. No better time for hard seltzers, really. Uh, Seven Saturdays IPA. They've really got you covered. Uh, all sorts of tasty beverages from our friends at R&D Brewing. Uh, we say this. Thank you. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. Well done. Well done. There was nothing else for me to add. That was perfect. I covered it all. You did. It's basically, you know, we're uh, pros at it by now. <laughs> or at again. least somewhat. Yeah, semi-pro, if semi-pro. you will. <laughs> so thanks again to Stormbrew, the official sponsor of Kane's Cast. Your you. official. Oh, look at that. Sneaking that one in underneath. Uh, your official podcast of the Carolina Hurricanes. Where the big news that came out since last we talked, which was on Friday, was on Saturday, Jacob Slavin was awarded the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy that goes to the player that demonstrates gentlemanly play in conduct while showing the highest form of competition. Yeah, it's a kind of a... It's an abstract trophy. Yeah. I often viewed it, and I think I, I covered this when we talk about the awards and when the Canes players are up for it. I often viewed this award as, um, and, and while the Lady Bing has been around forever, I'm going off of my basis of it. She has. Uh, we have Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux in this league, so there's going to be really good players who have no chance of winning the MVP. So this goes to a really, really good player. Yeah. And you go from there. Now, other awards have been uh, brought out later like the Ted Lindsay award which is voted on by the players who they feel is the best player in the league and that's a great award uh you have the Maurice Richard award which is not an award it's something that is tangible there's no vote on it it's the the number one goal scorer in the National Hockey League right but if there is ever an award that should be named after Jacob Slavin when his career is done it's the Lady Bing yeah he personifies what this award is about and I have trouble actual trouble with people trying to openly wonder why Jacob Slavin won the Lady Bing the the crime of the century would have been if he did not right this award is designed for Jacob Slavin yeah it's it's really kind of astonishing that in his first five seasons in the NHL that he wasn't a finalist for it ever. I, I know. Well, because defensemen rarely get into the mix for it. Right. And that's a curious thing, too. Why do you think that is? I asked I, him. I, I went back to that. It's like yeah. I said, because it's kind of for the MVP. Who's not going to win the MVP? Right. His uh, his best guess, uh, he said, because, uh, quote, typically we're having to try to stop the forwards from scoring, so sometimes penalties just end up happening. That's my best guess. Not sure why it's that way. And penalties... Uh, penalty minutes that does seem to be kind of one of the main indicators of this award um you know in, in saying that okay if you don't take penalties then you know you you are a sportsman you are a gentleman on the ice um and i do think that's kind of why the award is so nebulous and and hard to really nail down is because there's not a tangible uh indicator of of why a person qualifies for this award but you know penalties in general seems to be uh, kind of one of those indicators. It's a really good player who, um, who who doesn't seem to take penalties. Now, should the the media be voting on this award? Probably not. I think a better uh, body to to cast their vote would either be the players or even the on ice officials, because if there's anybody who knows, you know, who's a, a sportsman on the ice, it's going to be uh, opponents or uh, those trying to referee you know, uh, what's happening on the ice. 
Um, so I think there there could be some, uh, you know, if you were to change the award in, in the future, maybe changing who votes for that award. But in this case, uh, the Professional Hockey Writers Association got it right. 100%. Oh, 100%. Right. By the way, Slavin, one of only four defensemen yes. in the history of the NHL to win the award. And why is that big? They've been handing it out since the 1924-25 season. It's been a while. Yeah. So every year since 24-25 that there's been hockey, they have awarded this. And now Jacob Slavin joins Bill Quackenbush, Red Kelly, and Brian Campbell. Brian Campbell being the most recent of... Yeah, the three defensemen not named Jacob Slavin to win the award in 2011-12 with the Florida Panthers. So it had been a while since a, a defenseman had won it. Um, and uh, if you were watching the broadcast or saw on Twitter, uh, Ron Francis awarded uh, the Lady Bing to Jacob Slavin. Um, Ron Francis, of course, a two-time winner, the Lady Bing, won it once with the Hurricanes in the early 2000s and won it uh, also with the the Pittsburgh Penguins prior. Um but you know, in awarding that trophy to him, he said, you know, hopefully this starts a trend of of more defensemen, yeah. you know, getting recognized for their play. Um, and I think that's, you know, I th- I think that's spot on. It, it Jacob Slavin really, I think, should be, you know, he could for as long as he plays, he could win this award. Oh yeah, every single season. He he should at least be a nominee every year. Right. There, there's, there's much like Ron Francis was. Right. It, it you know almost every year Ron Francis from my memory, and I know it's a little hazy at times but from my memory it's like oh ron francis is up for the lady being probably gonna win it yeah he, he, he at least jacob slavin should at least be uh, a nominee every year just because of one high standard of playing ability yep. check yeah, that's that's not even a question yep. gentlemanly conduct check sportsmanship check check like, it's he checks all the boxes pavel Datsuk won it four years in a row he did and, and again it goes back to when you asked the question of the nhl players felt pavel Datsuk was the best player in the league, but he wasn't going to win the Hart Trophy over players like Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. There were other guys who were established who were going to win that award because Datsuk wasn't going to have a monster season numbers-wise, even though he, even though he did. Yeah. You look at what he the magic was man. able to put to th- put through during that run. By the way, one of my favorite things ever, when uh, Siri first started, if you asked who was the magic man, she would tell you it was Pavel Datsuk. Oh, yeah. Or he. Siri can be whatever you want it to be now. That's true. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Jacob Slavin for, um, for you know, finally getting recognized for for what he does. Yeah. Um, and you did mention people out there trying to discredit this. One. I don't even want to get. All right. Multiple fine. days. Uh, putting way too much energy into this conversation about who deserves it over another. Well. How do you in the first place? How do you justify a defenseman who plays twenty two minutes a game and received two penalty minutes the entire year and it was because he flipped the puck over the glass barely because it yeah. went behind his bench. Yeah, barely. So And he I, was he was very displeased with himself for doing so. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if you watch Jacob Slavin play. I don't know how you can tell me that there's anybody else who is more deserving of that award than Jacob Slavin and make a big deal out of it. We know that guy didn't watch Jacob Slavin. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I truly don't. Yeah. Well, it's it's just, yeah, it's looking for attention. Oh, yes. And and he got it. And that's why I, and truly, I truly don't want to throw any more that way because yeah. there was, yeah, I should have years ago. Years ago. I'm getting angry and I'm just leaving it alone. Yeah, we should. But, I would never win the Lady Bing. <laughs> well, you know, that's no, <laughs> I never would because I would be the guy on the ice when somebody does something to Jacob Slavin to, I would throw that guy through the boards. That was my role. That's how I can, that's the only value I brought. You were the muscle street hockey. Couldn't, couldn't oh, yeah. skate, couldn't skate well enough to get into organized hockey. So yes, you did break a pace of stick in half. Oh, I did. <laughs> and I was playing goalie. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Two minutes for slashing on the goaltender. I was awarded the Stu Grimson Award for the uh, deck hockey slash floor hockey, whatever you, you want to call it. I call it ball hockey. That's fine. Yeah. And that's because that's what it was. But yeah. I was awarded the Stu Grimson Award for my league <laughs> one year. Stu Grimson, not a lady. Bear. And I didn't get in a fights or anything. Right. Well, <laughs> Not a penalized fight. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Correct. Jacob Slavin, also not. In a penalized fight or fight otherwise. Right. 
uh, he avoids conflict. Yes. And tries to uh, really, you know, throw some water on the situation, but calm the, it down. If you watch him play, and mm-hmm. l- look, Michael, we get to watch him every single night. Blessed. But when you see how the game has, and I, I hate to do this because sometimes this turns into a joke, the game has changed. The game's changed, yeah. But the game really has changed. It has. And how he plays defense is the modern way of being a great defender in the National Hockey League. It is today's standard of being an excellent defenseman. Now, if we're going to rank defensemen, and, and people seem to enjoy when we bring out rankings and like who's better, who's there are guys who, when you look at the overall game, what they bring to the table, um, a guy like Victor Hedman, how good he is. But if you watch Hedman, Hedman's not a, an overly physical player for a guy his size. Right. But he's always in the right position. He uses... He uses the fact that he's what six five, big man, yeah, to get into right position, you know, getting in front of pucks, deflecting him. That's what Jacob Slavin does. And then you shield guys away from the net. You, you, they're not afraid to hit. Jacob Slavin will hit when he needs to hit. Yeah, I think he had thirty five hits this year. Yeah, yeah. And and again, he's is he going to deliver a thunderous check? He's capable of doing it. We saw it in the playoffs. Yeah, he did it in the Nashville series. Mm-hmm. So he has that in him, but the way that the game is played now today, it's about taking away time and space. It's about getting your stick in the passing lane or the shooting lane and being in the right spot. And I watch every single night, and I think we're so spoiled because of how good he is at that. He and Brett Pesci are two of the best at defending the way the game is played today. Yeah, without taking a ton of penalties. It's they they both do the little things so well. The things that you know you might often overlook. But it's a, a pass breakup that then immediately springs a rush the other way. You know, it's it's Jacob Slavin is so good using his stick and his reach, getting his stick into passing lanes, um, breaking up odd man rushes, yep. and doing so legally too. It, you know, he took zero stick infractions, yep. no interference, nothing like that. Like, and to play the way he does, to use his stick in the way he does, and to use it legally. In all 56 yeah. games or 52, I guess, that he played this yeah. season is immensely impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So congrats to Jacob Slavin uh, for the season that he had, the the person he is on and off the ice. I mean, I think this is just tremendous recognition um, for what he's done uh, for this organization, really not only this season, but also in the, the previous five seasons as well. Um, extremely well-deserved, and again, wouldn't be surprised to see his name on this list moving forward now that, you know, it had been a few years and people were like, well, why isn't Jacob Slavin getting more attention? More, And then finally he does get attention, and now, you know, the spotlight's going to be on him. I think he probably from, you know, here on out is is going to be among those top three vote-getters. My thought for moving forward is once you get invited to that club, you always get invited to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, all-star games are like that. Pro Bowls are like that in football. Like once you get in, especially when you play a position like defense, yeah. once you get that nod, you get there. I also hope, now I'm going to try to be selfish here, this is kind of along the lines of the Norris Trophy, yeah. where I don't know if Jacob Slavin is ever going to put enough points up on the board to be in the final three. Yeah. We can all just say he deserves to be one of the finalists or or, or gets votes. And he, he gets Norris Trophy votes, so he, he should be there. Yeah. But I am if the voters are going to look at it and not put him in the top three in the Norris, they better keep putting him in the top three in the Lady Bing right. for the way that he plays. Yeah, and that's the thing about the Norris, too, is then um, it becomes about I, – I think Lady Bing is the one, maybe the one award where you can ignore point totals. Yeah. Um, because that's where, you know, the Norris trophy comes into play and you basically look at the top scoring defensemen. It's not that Jacob Slavin, uh, you know, he might not be there usually and he, he might not get there. That's just not his game, but he certainly is one of the game's best defenders. Oh, sure. And, but it just so happens that the Norris trophy typically goes to a defenseman who also puts up, yeah, racks up a lot of points, a lot of points. So, um, he should be considered, and he does get votes, uh, fourth, fifth place votes, whatever, maybe some first and second. Not enough to get him into the top three, but he certainly should be considered for the top three. Oh, absolutely. Three. And, and that's that's where I go back to looking at what the Lady Bing is for me. Right. It oftentimes goes to a player who the guys who are doing the voting and the women who are doing the voting understand 
I'm not going to vote this person in my top three for the MVP of the league or this or that, but they're an outstanding player. There is another award that recognizes outstanding play while you have the high standard of conduct, how you carry yourself on the ice and also off the ice too. Sure. Yeah. So that, that's how I look at that. So just let's put Jacob Slavin's name in the top three for the Lady Bing for ever, I as agree. long as he's playing. Yeah. Unless something drastically changes in his game. Right, unless he becomes a bad boy. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. All right. Uh, and then there's Alex Nadolkovich, who's a finalist for the Calder Trophy. I don't think we have a date for that just yet. It's going to be announced during the, the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup final. final. No exact date just yet, but at some point during the final, uh, the winner of the Calder Trophy will be announced. I think it'll probably be Kaprizov from Minnesota. Yeah. But for Nadelkovic to get recognized. Yep. Honor. Huge honor. Huge honor. And and just a, a you know, a good to see his work. And not only this year, too, but the work he put in to get to this point, get recognized, is extremely impressive. I have one of these. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Now, this is an award. All of the awards are based on the regular season, except for the Conn Smythe, which That's is true. playoff MVP. Yes. Mm -hmm. So... Knowing what we know now about Kirill Kaprizov, where there seems to be a chance that he might take his talents back to Russia and play in the KHL unless he gets the exact deal he wants from the Wild. It's a weird question to ask, but had that been announced in the regular season, do you think that there would be some people who wouldn't vote for him to be the rookie of the year to win the Calder Trophy because, well, he's not going to stay in the NHL? Yeah, it might affect a few. I don't think it would affect the outcome. I see. I think it might cost him first place votes. You think so? And then therefore it would. You'd, you'd have to vote somebody else in first, right? And then it'd be Jason Robertson, probably. Probably. Yeah, I. I don't know if it would change the voting. It's tough to say without seeing what the final yeah. results are. I'd. I'd like to think no, because it's supposed to be based on the season that you have. But right. just that in a nutshell, really. Um, I just bring that out there because with this talk of Kaprizov possibly not returning to Minnesota, I think it will get settled. Yeah, well, he that's just that gives him some negotiating power, saying that okay, well, you know, there's CKSA or whatever it is in in Moscow. You know, I can go here and play, and they'll give me X amount of rubles. Well done. Or you know, or give me it just gives him negotiating power. Minnesota's probably going to get something done. I think they kind of. Kind of have to. Have to at this point. The season that he had. He waited so long for him to come over here. Right. And he delivered the goods. And likely going to win the Calder. So probably got to figure something out there. Uh, Lucas Walmark also signing in Russia yeah. with that team. Uh, our best wishes to Lucas. Lucas. Wally, as as he's known. Yep. Um, when people ask us about players that we enjoy being around or in the Lucas locker room. Lucas Walmark. Lucas Walmark was one of those guys. 100%. Um. And it was nice that he kind of bounced around in the Central Division this year, so I got to see him a couple of times. Uh, that was good. Um, but, yeah, I, th I think Kaprizov ends up re-signing with Minnesota, and I'll send back that uh, that it would have affected voting okay. in a tangible way. Again, not the strongest like could take it, but considering we were talking about the Calder, just had that thrown yeah. that one out there. All right, well, uh, here's one then. What? They should... They should let officials vote on Lady Bing. I don't think to officials don't have any award no, voting capacity. No, I wouldn't do that. Okay, uh, I because I would keep the officials out of determining voting. awards or anything. It's a fair point. Yeah, I, I I'll send it back. I I don't I don't dislike the course of where you're going with that because if anybody's going to know, but also for me that would be let the players vote on it. Sure, they'd know who's. Because there are some guys out there who you think, oh, they're great. They're the nicest guy in the world. And then as a player, other guys are on the like, no, he's dirty. Right. You know, right. no, you don't want to play against him. He does He does all the subtle little things you don't notice. Yeah. Um, so that would be one for me, the players. I, I just, I want to keep officials out of it because you know what? They got enough to go on. You could have them, you could have the officials vote for their good guy of the year. You know, the guy who never... Right. Never talks back to him and thing, and I, I know that's, I think, your line of, of logic to yeah. why you would have the officials vote, but no, never let the officials vote on anything. Also weird how uh, too many lines get crossed. Now that there's a Canadian team playing a U.S. team, some folks are noticing some discrepancies in officiating. What? Uh, interesting. I don't think Just so. I'd note. I don't think so.
Uh, <laughs> discrepancies in officiating. Trust me, it's got nothing to do with a Canadian team playing a team based in the United States. I'm just saying it's curious now how that's receiving attention in Canada. Oh, well, now versus before. Yeah, well, whatever. Anyway, uh, is Montreal going to play in the final? You asking me like <laughs> keep it? Uh, they're one win away. They are. Hard for me to say no. I do think, I mean, Vegas is, I think, capable of winning six and seven. Yes, they are. All right. I'll just say right now, I, I want to say no, but the odds will put Montreal in the The odds in are the in final. their favor, yeah. So, it's a different question, though. Is this run that Montreal is on, is this not the example of why the NHL playoffs are the biggest crapshoot that's out there? Hundred percent, and in doing so, the hardest trophy to win in pro sports. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we've said it before on the podcast. The playoffs are, in a lot of ways, kind of random. Yep. Uh, the results are, you, you know, you take the best team. You take Colorado. They're out in the second round. Granted, they ran into Vegas. Two pretty good teams. Um, but yeah, this this run that Montreal, the fourth place team in the North Division. Yeah, and no. This run that they're on doesn't suggest that the North Division was actually good. No. It doesn't. No. By the way, raise your hand if you had Montreal one win away from the Stanley Cup final. Now put it down because you're a liar. Right. <laughs> Unless you are a diehard Canadian fan, les Canadiens, les habitants, les habitants, you did not think your team had a chance. Not even to get out of the first round. No. <laughs> Nobody in Canada did. Like, if you look when they do the voting charts, like the, the Leafs versus the Habs, Right. They were down three to one. Yeah. Nobody thought this was going to happen. Three to one. Uh, they fired their coach. Yeah. But. And the other coach got COVID, unfortunately. What do they have? They've got an all-world goaltender. That's really a big part of it. Because in last night's game five, he was a difference maker. Carey Price was, uh, he was unbelievable. They've got a very good defense in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and. They're supposedly old, slow guys who can't play anymore or big, slow guys who can't play anymore. And all they do is, you know, yeah, they've, they've given up a lot of shots, but they clear out some space. They make sure that Price can see the majority of the shots up front. It's a bunch of kids that are kind of showing the way. When you look at Kakaniemi, Cole Caulfield, who, by the way, was drafted 15th in his draft, the and Jack Hughes draft. Didn't play... Like the first few games of the playoffs for yeah. whatever reason. Didn't really get called up until, what, halfway through this season, a little bit past it, when Montreal's like, we can't score goals. Well, he can. Just play the kids. They'll and score goals. Then Nick Suzuki scoring goals. Yeah. Ryan's brother. That's correct. Some other young guy named Eric Stahl. Yeah. He's pretty young. That young guy. Corey Perry, also young. Also another young guy. But uh, So it's the, the young guys, and Perhaps. then yep. for game five, as you've correctly pointed out, how about guys who know how to win in the playoffs? Yeah, the veterans who have been there. So, just it's, and you it's know. but it, it it for me is also why I love watching the NHL playoffs. The oh, randomness sure. of it all. Yeah, you love community. Yeah, I this do. is the roll of the dice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so there's is. whatever comes up. There are like forty five different outcomes. That's uh, that's exactly right. And right now the the we're going down a weird path, the path where. Uh, where uh, Donald Glover's character walks in with the pizza and everything's on fire, and <laughs> that's the path we're on right now. Yep. <laughs> because could be Montreal, the fourth-place team in the North Division, the, what, f I don't know where they finished in the standings. I'll find it. Um, could conceivably face the Islanders, but I, in all likelihood, it looks like it's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. They finished 18th in the league. Yeah, they were the last team in, right? The last team in. And the first team to the Final Four, and perhaps even the first team uh, to the Stanley Cup Final. I guess we'll see. By the way, I love when you say 18th in uh, in the league. You know what that means? There were two teams that had better records than Montreal who didn't get into the playoffs. That was the Rangers and Stars. That's correct. And Montreal got in. They did. With so. 59 points in 56 I, games. I am expecting certain media outlets to then say that there should be a Canadian division every year. Yeah. Guarantees the 25% chance at the cup. Exactly. So, and they might about, they might be about four wins away from the, uh, winning it. All right. One more time here. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't send it right back. I'm probably going to send it back. I know. <laughs>
But I know we have everything already drawn up yeah. and changed, but keep everything the same. No, keep the Canes that. in the Central Division. Well, that, yes. No, that's what I'm saying. Keep the Canes in the Central, make the East the East, the North the North, and then put Seattle out West or put Seattle in the Canadian Division. I, I, I don't like the Canadian-only division. I think it... I don't either, but yes. I'm just saying... I'm waiting for the hit pieces to come oh, that coming. say this should happen. The North Division was actually good. In particular, if Montreal can get one more win in the next two games. Right, which is which is great for, for their team and Joel Edmondson and yep. Eric Stahl and um, Gary Price, too. Like it's, But nobody saw this coming. No. <laughs> no. Nobody. Not a chance. I have to think that you know coming back from down 3-1 to the Maple Leafs has helped spur this, this run they're on. And that's that is what makes the playoffs so great is yeah. because a team gets hot. Get a hot goaltender, you get a couple of goal scorers who all of a sudden find it. Uh, I'm not saying this is why Tampa's really good, but how about Braden Point, who has just been on fire, on fire this postseason? Yeah, they're a really good player. You know, if if Tampa wins it, your choices of the Con Smythe winner, it's Braden Point, Braden Point, Braden Point, Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, he's yeah he's in the mix too. Yeah. And, but yeah, that's, but if Montreal wins it, it's Carey Price. Got to be, yeah, it's got to be. So, and I know that we're passing over the Islanders and the Golden Knights. I do want to bring up a different question to you about the playoffs, and just from what we've watched and how we've been a part of it. Well, and how about Nick Waugh? Nick Waugh has had a tremendous former Carolina Hurricane big series. Has had a he's had a tremendous series. Um, because, it's good to see him and Patrick Brown get play. Yeah. In in the postseason. Because another reason why Vegas has struggled in this series is their big guys haven't been producing. Yes. Before, Patch Reddy, that was his first point of the series last night. Yeah. You've got to get, if you're, and the funny thing is for Vegas, they're built well, but they don't have superstars per se up front. Mm -hmm. They've got Max Patch Reddy. They've got William Carlson, who's really good. They've got Mark Stone, who is probably the best two-way forward who doesn't play center in the National Hockey League. Didn't have a good look on Caulfield's goal last no. night, though. But didn't back check. Those are the guys who got to score. Yep. I do want to bring up something though from the Tampa Bay Islanders series, and this is about the playoffs. As we're talking playoff hockey here on Canes Cast, even though the Canes uh, one day will be in this position, maybe as soon as next year, we'll be doing this, talking about the Canes in there. I think so. Their conference final, because we'll be going back to conferences next year. That's correct. I'll take wood. that. I'm knocking on wood on that one. Yeah. So, I think it should happen. <laughs> so. I actually think that the Islanders win game six tonight mm. because game five does not matter. No, the fact they got beat eight nothing. That's a total flusher. Oh my God. And this sounds so odd. Oh, you got humiliated. You got beat eight. And I think for pro athletes, we've heard Rod Brindamore say this. Right. Exactly. It is so much easier to flush that game and just move on with your life. Because yep. there's nothing you take. There's nothing that you go back and go, if I would have done this differently. There's nothing. There's yep. nothing you take out of that. It similarly reminds me of, not exactly, but the Canes in game six against Edmonton mm. in yep. the Stanley Cup final. What was the 6 nothing? 6-1? It was like 4 nothing or something. I mean, it was, it was a big win, a resounding win for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, it was just a, uh, for lack of a better term, an ass kicking. Yeah, it was four nothing Edmonton. Okay, four nothing. Yeah. So, you would rather lose like that. Yeah, just not have a chance from the drop of the putt. Yeah, it, lost it's, that game. It sounds dumb, but you know what? They could have beaten you twenty to nothing. Sure. And it's only one win. And that's, that's you know tying this back into the Hurricanes also for this year game four in Tampa, the way the Hurricanes lost that yes. game almost hurt more because they had leads yes and they gave up those leads they were in the game they had a decent chance to win that game they were up two goals and and they couldn't finish it two goals halfway through the second period they lose game six four if they lose that game six nothing maybe game five here is different maybe yeah but those those are tough losses to move on from whereas a game like uh there was a six one game in that stanley cup final right am i losing my mind maybe i'm thinking the eastern conference final um, the older I get, the memory just gets worse and worse. Well, Carolina beat Edmonton five nothing in Game Two, uh, but that was other than that, and the four nothing Edmonton win in Game yeah. Six. Was, so those were the big, the big discrepancy games. Yeah. 
So I, if I remember, Carolina beat Jersey six nothing in Game One of the semifinal, the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, but there wasn't anything. Yeah, it was all Montreal six five in Game Two. Uh. Oh, the six one in Game One for Montreal. That's what. That's where the one that started it all. Yep. Lose two games at home and then rest is history. And you find a way to win a game three and away you go. But I think that this playoff amongst everything, and and folks, this is one thing that Michael and I will do. We will continue to promote hockey. This is why you need to watch the playoffs because anything can happen. I mean, more so in the NHL playoffs than any other playoff. Though that alley-oop to win the... That's pretty... That was a pretty good one. Pretty pretty good way to win a game. Was that game one? Game two? Game one? Of Suns Clippers, really on top of our basketball here. I yeah, I, I I flip back and forth. Oh no, it was game two. Game two. So a two nothing lead for the Phoenix Suns over the Clippers of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, an alley oop with less than a second on the clock. That's pretty cool too. Pretty cool way to win a game. Yeah, good highlight. They had some rev- uh, a video review thing that caused some controversy as well. It's good to see that other leagues are. Yeah. Figuring that out as well. And yeah, baseball is yeah. going through a whole sticky oh substances thing. It's like you're getting frisked every time you come off the mound. <laughs> I like Scherzer just undoing his belt. Like, hey, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> the umpire had to touch his sweaty head. <laughs> so weird. What's going on, huh? Because the funny thing about sports, I hate to go pro wrestling. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. Mm. But... Pitchers for history have done things to the baseball, have doctored baseballs. You always look for an edge. Yeah. Whether you're a pitcher, a batter, a goalie, skater. Catchers who are really good will scuff up baseballs. You know, when you get to the majors, you get like a new ball every pitch. Yeah. But, you know, in lower levels, you'd scuff up so you can give your pitcher a better grip on the ball. Right. Increase that spin rate. You know, it's you scrape it along the side of your shoe into the dirt, you whatever, and you throw it to your pitcher. One pitcher I knew would loosen the laces on the ball. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because he, I forget his logic to it. I don't think it made any sense, but he's like, oh, it'll p- put resistance spinning through the air, so my curveball will break more. I'm like, don't you want like less resistance? I'm not a. Yeah, that's. I'm not an engineer, but. But he had some some explanation, like he would dig his nail into the the laces. Mm. And if it was tight, he couldn't get into where he'd spin his wrist. And now that's everything now is spin rate. Everything I was taught about baseball doesn't exist anymore. It's all spin rate now. Spin rates and launch angle. If I swung like they swing now, I would have (laughs) never played. And I hardly played, but I would have never played. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't wasn't very good anyway, so. so I didn't have to worry about that. All right. Should we get to some uh, voicemails? I here? think we absolutely should. All righty. Uh, if you have a question or comment for the show, you can give us a call at any time. Phone lines are open 24 hours a day. You'll hear us. We'll greet you. Then a, a beep will occur. Yes. If you've, ever, if you've never called an answering machine before, that's how it works. There are some people who've never called an answering machine. It's like leaving a voicemail. Yeah. How about that? Because there are people out there who have no idea what an answering machine is. You know when telephones used to be telephones. Should we have made like a little musical ditty to put on the beginning? How you used to have the funny answering machine uh, notes for people? Back in my day. Well, maybe we'll record a new greeting. Because, you know, some people have called quite a bit. Yeah, it should be time. Uh, That number, 919-500-Stephen-Lorenz-Dougie-Hamilton. 919-500-7819. Hey, Mike and Mike. Uh, this is Sam. Uh, just calling to uh, mention a couple things. Number one, I just want to say thank you guys for doing the, this uh, podcast and keeping all the Canes fans in a loop with everything that's going on. Uh, Mike Meniscalco, for you know your first year broadcasting, you were pretty incredible. And uh, Mike Smith, it's always a pleasure to read all the articles that you write. Um, so first thing I wanted to point out was uh, you guys were talking about you know iconic players in the franchise history. And I just wanted to uh, mention Cam Ward in there as, uh, as one of my picks. Um, for people who may have, you know, started watching the Canes recently or within just the last, uh, you know, five or six years, probably don't realize how good Cam Ward was on a lot of pretty bad Carolina Hurricane teams. 
uh, you know, he won the con Smythe as a rookie and uh, he, you know, the, the reason the team was competitive, the reason that the team was competitive when they were was largely in part due to Cam Ward. Uh, so I just wanted to throw him out there. And then uh, secondly, I just wanted to say that it's going to be a crime if Jacob Slavin does not win the Lady Bing Award. You know, he's like you, you guys were talking about, he only has two penalty minutes all season, consistently playing against the other team's top lines. It's just going to be a crime if he does not win that Lady Bing Award. All right. Uh, and uh, that was pretty much it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I'm going to go on record. That's the greatest call we've ever received. Great news, Sam. Crime averted. Exactly. Although, <laughs> although some would like you to believe. There are some newspapers that are trying to report it as a crime. Yes. Stop it. I'm not some doing it. I'm giving it I'm giving it more air. I'm giving it more oxygen. Some international news. Oh, who cares? Like you to believe that it was indeed a crime. Because a Leaf didn't win that was nominated for an award. Yeah, or a Canadian that. The player that played on a Canadian team. Explain really to me good. how a man who plays defense in 23 minutes a night against the other team's best players night in, night out, and only had one penalty in 52 games. How is that gentlemanly play and outstanding conduct? Jean's. Put what Jean does that fall into? It's <laughs> great. Well, clearly not Austin Matthews. I'm off. Um, I'm done. You're done. Thank you. Tip your waiter and waitresses. You'll be here Try all the week. Try the veal. Uh, and you make a great point, Sam. Uh, Cam Ward, obviously. Oh, yeah. Very, uh, you know, really a huge part of this franchise's success. Uh, obviously, in 2006, um, a Conn Smythe winner, you know, helping the Hurricanes win that Stanley Cup. He um, holds every major goaltending mark right. in this franchise's history 2009 was a rock for the hurricanes they don't get to the eastern conference finals without cam ward right and that's not just the playoffs that was paul maurice and company put the saddle on him the last 35 games yeah and here we go and then in the shortened 12 13 season really had a good two and a half months before he got hurt and the hurricanes were in first place uh in the Southeast Division, the last year in the Southeast Division, and then Cam Ward gets hurt, and the wheels kind of fall off. So, yeah, it's, you know, you can't, when you look back at the history of this franchise, you can't write, you know, going back to what you're saying about the Hockey Hall of Fame, when you write the story of the Carolina Hurricanes, you can't write it without, you know, Cam Ward's name being a, a huge part uh, of the team's history. So um, an excellent point there. That both him and Eric Stahl really, uh, through those, lean years we'll call them uh in the early 2010s really from most of the 2010s um were uh you know huge parts of yep. of those teams and um did all they could to to you know try to help make this team uh a contender yeah i have no problem with that absolutely and, and uh, for those of you who might remember my other iteration on the radio doing pre and post game around the hockey broadcasts. Stormwatch. Where, where we would have crowd noise only. And the aftermath. Yeah, that's correct. Crowd noise only. Now, Storm, yes, Stormwatch. It was yes. a different name and now correctly changed. Um, oh, it was Stormwatch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was something else. So. Okay. Uh, anyway, no affiliation there. No. Uh, to, to bring this full circle, many a night took a call about the goaltending. Yes. And many. And if you look at the numbers for what he he was able to do, and he was put in a situation similar to what we've seen some other goalies in the world, which is uh, if you give up two tonight, we're going to have a real tough chance of winning the game. And the team never really found, other than Anton Hudobin. Yeah, a backup that they could truly turn to and lessen the load for him. Yeah. Oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah. But yeah. Cam, I think Cam should be part of that. Do we have a, a follow-up here? We do have a follow-up from Sam because you might have noticed the end of that call got, you know, it went uh, quiet a little bit. But After he complimented you, though, whatever he, he could have said whatever he wanted. Oh, that's that true. All good with we that. love that. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Hey, guys. It's Sam again. Uh, sorry about that uh, banding of that last one. My wife came out and I uh, had a question for me, so I got distracted. That's why, the long, why I had the long pause. 
Um, but I also just wanted to say real quick that uh, we actually named um, our son, his middle name is after Jacob Slavin, um, and uh, spelled the exact same way as, uh, that Jacob spelled his. So he has an impact not just on the uh, players on the ice, but also in the community as well. Um, so I just wanted to throw it out there. Thanks, guys. Um, How cool is that? Thank you. Not just the playing the my wife. The, yeah. His, yeah, the fact that. Named his child middle name after Jacob Slavin with two C's. Right. Which I think he means just Jacob, not Jacob Slavin. I don't yeah, think I, yeah, I don't think his middle name. I mean, he could. Maybe. But two C's for the Jacob. The second C stands for gentlemanly conduct. Yes. <laughs> I know what I you're going at. That's fine. Good enough. That's all I got right now. I'm with you. But yeah, I mean, it, looking at the impact that cordial, James, cordial, constant. It's mm. a good one. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you. To see the impact that Jacob Slavin has had on this team, as Sam said, and both uh, off the ice in the community is uh, again the the lady being I think recognizes all of that, um, and he was the perfect choice. Yes, even though some would lead. Oh, to st- he was. stop it! <laughs> Nine one nine five hundred seven eight one nine. Hi, good morning, Mike and Michael, and all you fantastic, fantastic Kaniacs listening to this fine podcast. This is Stephen coming to you from Raleigh. I just wanted to pass along a congratulations to head coach Rod Brendamore on winning the uh, Jack Adams Award. He definitely deserved that, as well as that three-year contract extension. So, you know, we all know he was going to be sticking around anyway because he loves Raleigh. And also, I want to congratulate Jacob Slavin on winning the Lady Bing. That is just outstanding. He definitely deserves that. Anyways, hope everybody has a great, great day. Enjoy your Father's Day today. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Let's go, Kane. Thank you. Oh, very nice. Thanks, Stephen. A um, couple of shout-outs. Very well thought out. Pretty soon to be a very meaningful weekend for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming up. Less than a month. Uh, the podcast will probably take a little hiatus. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, we will continue with the full theme. If one of us isn't here, we put Kane's cast on uh, on pause. A bit of a break. So, yeah, couple yeah. of couple of breaks coming up in the summertime. We need we need a couple of couple of days away. If, you and you everybody is very understanding about that. So we greatly appreciate you it. Got to slow down and recharge the batteries. Exactly. Well, you're you're, you're about to batteries are going to be drained. You're about low. to get a drain, my friend. Uh, it's a great one, but they're recharging here. <laughs> we'll find a way. Hey, Michael Michael, it's Mike over in Nash County. Hope everything's going well and y'all are enjoying your summer. Um Hope you're enjoying watching the Habs play. It was great seeing Stalzy get that goal last night. You know, just kind of makes me upset to know that we were this close to seeing Eric and Jordan fight each other out for the Stanley Cup. But hey, never know. Um, like it, keep it. Let's go ahead and get the trade rumor, or not the trade rumor, but the uh, free agency rumor going on. Eric Stahl will sign with the Carolina Hurricanes this summer. And be on a line with Jordan and Fogel. Let me hear your thoughts. Talk to you guys soon. Moi moi. Thank you. Thank you. That's so close. It's creepy in a good way. That was pretty good. Let's hear it one more time. Talk to you guys soon. Moi moi. Thank you. Thank you. It's close. It's pretty good. <laughs> if ever we lose that drop, <laughs> we can call Mike in Nash County. Thank you. He's at the the try host. For a minute, I thought he actually lifted Justin Williams saying thank you and yeah. played that back to us. It's pretty good. That's really good. All right, I'll let you handle this one. Thank you. Um, I'll I'll send it back. Okay. Can I also explain one thing? Can you hear that? Probably no one can hear it because you get you get freaked out over like ambient noise that people can pick up when we do our podcast. Yeah, because we are. We're in a studio, but it is not a podcasting studio, and it's not soundproof. No, there's, there's glass, glass, and there's it's not soundproof in yeah. the glass. So, it's where my office is. It's up on the fifth floor, which is the press box at PNC Arena, right above. I believe it's section three twenty or three twenty one. I think it's three, yeah, three twenty one. Maybe even stretching to three twenty two. But press row, 
press row B, because mm-hmm. there's two of them. That's right. There are phones up here. And it used to be for when you would call in like sports talk shows, sports networks on the radio across the country, you would call in updates and like the phone was provided for you because not everybody had a cell phone you know, going back 15 years ago. Is that why there are phones up here? Part of the reason, yeah. Um, but there's there's phones, you know, quite a few of them. Yes. Plus you could plug in, you know, your computer connect to the internet that way the dial uh, old dial up yeah all those things like all those things like that's when you see it when you're in think about it how old this building is that's that was cutting edge technology but their phones up here yes and for what it nobody uses them but for whatever reason i'll be sitting in my office in the summertime and i'll just hear the phones ringing yeah i know what you're talking about yeah it ghosts it's not ghosts definitely ghosts it's now i now i hate that i brought this up I wish we just had a phone ringing uh, drop, but we don't. Thank you. Are they Thank ringing? You. Are they ringing right now? Is no, they've stopped now. Oh, okay. They were when I went just over to because I thought you would hear it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's happened a couple of times. All right, back to uh, Mike's point. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't know if it was a official like it keep it he was giving us, but uh, yes, it was. Yeah, I'll send it back. Yeah, I'll send it back. It he uh, Eric Stahl was on a. Uh, he he made three point two five million dollars this year and and last year. Excuse me. Wow, I'm getting choked up at that figure. Yeah, Whew. I'm just thinking of the dollar signs. Uh, but I don't know if the Hurricanes would necessarily have space for whatever sort of contract he's yeah. going to sign uh, this off season, assuming he is going to play yeah. another season in the National Hockey League. Um, I don't know if the Hurricanes are going to have let's say two to two and a half million dollars, maybe three to, to spare on, um, you know, someone who would factor in probably to the third line. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's why I'm going to send it back. I think it would have been, it was a neat idea at the trade deadline yep. to imagine him, you know, coming here and helping his brother and the team he used to play for push for a cup. But Hey, now he's five wins away from yep. another one. So that's pretty good. Would it be great to have him here? Yes. Would Absolutely. he pro- would he provide leadership? Yes. Do I think that he still has some gas in the tank? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and we've seen that so far in the playoffs. Yep. But is it one of these things where the way that the Hurricanes are are trending right now and what they're looking at, is that a need that is that more of a want than a right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's fans, I get it, want it to happen. I can promise you guys in the room would want it to happen but i don't know if that's a a need right that the hurricanes because of if if eric stall plays for the minimum maybe there's a chance but i i don't think he's going to i can't speak for him yeah i would imagine some team will give him at least a couple million i would think a couple shekels yeah and you know again it's it's about fit it's about what the team is looking at. And if it makes, it's not just the, Hey, it's Jordan and Eric. And isn't this great? And we're watching how, how well Eric is playing. He scored a huge goal the other night in the playoffs. Right. It's, is this what would fit the Carolina hurricanes to make them better? Now I can give you tons of intangible reasons why you should do it. And I can give you a couple of on ice reasons why you could do it, but then you still have to look at salary cap. If he's here, who's not right. And yeah, and, and, and what are the needs? Could he play as fourth-line center? Sure. Sure. Would he want to? I mean, he's probably going to get an elevated role on another team that would pay him more to be in a more elevated role than and, that. And that goes back to the – would he play wing in Carolina to play with his brother? Yes. Yeah. And so I would, think that – And he would be good there. Yeah, and I think that that would take out some of the – what we're talking about here, but Michael raises a really good point. Eric Stahl is a center. He, he plays his best – at center mm-hmm. and you know okay now maybe maybe i can come around to a line of thinking of well tampa's got tyler johnson is their fourth line center at five mil yeah uh you're not going to pay eric stall that but yeah. is that something that fits in as a fourth line center for this team yeah if and, that's a role that he would want right and then the other thing you have to consider too is what are the hurricanes needs this offseason is a third line winger one of their needs i would argue probably not um, they kind of, I, I think Jesper Foss, that signing kind of 
filled that hole. I think they are going to need to probably uh, their fourth line is going to look a bit different next year. Yes. You know, when you look at who the free agents are, Jordan Martinook, Brock McGinn, um, that might look a little different next year. I don't know if, if Stahl really fits into what the Hurricanes are going to be looking for. That's why I'd send it back for, you know, for just being able to have him here, seeing him play again and mm-hmm. his ability to help the team. Yeah, sure, I would take it. I just don't know if it if it would make sense right now. Yeah, there's, again, there's, there's so many factors that go Lots into something like that. Yeah. So, but would we love to see it? Yeah, we'll take it from that standpoint. Absolutely, we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see how the off season will play out. Yeah. Anything else you need to bring to the table? I don't think so. I think we're good. Yeah, we we have kept this under an hour. Uh, it's this is kind of like trading in some minutes for the times we've gone over. So this is your light workout day for everybody who listens to us while you work out, uh, treadmill, bike, whatever it is, or have the long ride. Uh, this is the, this is, we hope you get there sooner. We do, I, I, for the last, I don't know how many episodes we've sat down. We're like, okay, maybe we'll keep this one shorter day, 45 minutes, yep. whatever. It never ends up being that. No. It always ends up pushing 90 minutes. I think last week's even pushed over. We 90 also minutes. had an 18 part question. Yeah, never that, again. That's very true. Never and, again. And a really quality interview with a quality person. Too, I would say that that was. That was probably the most important thing to take out of the podcast last week. Exactly. Why we did it on Friday. But even still, this week, you know, we haven't had a guest and we're still at 52 minutes. So we just just end up talking a lot. Yeah. Got lots to talk about. We do. And the playoffs have been great. And yes, it gives us a little little freedom to go and run down that that road. And we love hearing from the listeners, uh, you guys being part of the show, calling into our voicemail line, which again... Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, 919-500, Stephen Lorenz, Dougie Hamilton, that's 919-500-7819, it's toll-free. <laughs> you keep saying that, and I'm, you know what? <laughs> it's a good way to end this, yeah, this episode. Yep. So thank you for tuning in to episode 181 of the Canes Cast. Thank you. For the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. We will talk to you next week. Moi moi. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this <laughs> podcast. Go okay.